Well, hello, and welcome to Reanimated. This is a podcast about uh, zombies and undead things. Uh, currently, we're talking about a bunch of vampires because we've been looking at Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Uh, my name is Stuart. I'm one of your hosts, and joining me from New York is uh, H.A. Conrad. Hello, H.A. How's it going? Hello, and Happy New Year. Happy 2023. My gosh. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a weird number for a year. It keeps tripping me up. Um, but here we are in 2023. But hi, uh, we're here to talk about the last episode of the first season of Interview with the Vampire, which was renewed. And what a what an episode it was. What a uh, what a cliffhangery kind of ending. And um, but before we get to that, we have some news a little bit scrap scraps here and there. Um, first of which. Uh, H.A., do you want to do you want to go into it? Oh, sure. Uh, so Netflix did, uh, you know, like a listicle of or a, like a tally of their most watched series. And All of Us Are Dead was the fifth most watched in 2022, which, you know, for a horror series is pretty significant and also a foreign horror series. So I was really impressed with this and I was really happy for them and. Um, I think we talked about it before, but if we didn't, um, the show did get renewed for a second season. So I think we'll be seeing more of this. Um, and hats off to the creators of the show. I think they did a really amazing job with this. Yeah. Uh, impressive was that this, the show actually beat out Extraordinary Attorney Wu, Inventing Anna, The Watcher, Sandman, and Virgin River. Everything should beat Virgin River. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but it's, I have not. But it's just a dumpster fire. I mean, I only got through, I couldn't even get through the first episode. It was just too saccharine. However, All of Us Are Dead totally beat the pants off of it. And it came in just under Bridgerton, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so well done. And I can't wait to see the next uh, season of this. I think, I think there's a lot to explore here. Uh, so I think, I think that'll be pretty cool. So yeah, they clearly had thought about a second season or at least an oh, expansion yeah. of the story. So yep. it won't be difficult. I, I also sadly reported to AJ earlier when we were talking before we started recording that part of my search almost always goes to, hey, I wonder what's going on with Black Summer season three. Yep. And it, it feels like the things I've been seeing over the last few months are like, oh, it's been ghost canceled. It's basically, yeah, they're like Netflix is ghosting it. Like they're not yep. saying it's canceled. They're not renewing it. But they're just um, not saying anything. So apparently they've good. changed the way they've done the top 10 so that Black Summer season two looked like it did not do as well, mm. um, which has some people saying, well, that probably means it's not going to get renewed. Jamie King, the the lead actor, and apparently, I don't know if she's a producer, but she's very um, interested and opinionated about the show and its continuation, has said she has a, she has ideas for a season three but that it would probably be a final season. I'd be fine with that. Let's finish up the story. Where's Sun yeah. going on that plane? Yeah. Like, I want to know. Can Jamie ever walk sun. again? Yep. I want to. I want to see the end of this. So yeah. I don't know. It was but, such a such a good show. I I think it deserves more than more than the two seasons that it got. I agree, but maybe everybody was just so exhausted after doing all those runarounds and stunts and things like that that they just can't bring themselves to to bring out the energy to do a third season. Maybe it's possible. Maybe that's all um, but... it is. Um, speaking of people with a track record of doing a lot of insane things, uh, we mm -hmm. also have an article here for, about Tom Savini's top 11 effects. Uh, unsurprisingly, something like six of them on this list are from George Romero projects. Like, yeah, yeah. And a lot, uh, there's at least three from Day of the Dead. And so, you know, I think he made his bones doing all these things. And you, know, one of the things about Tom Savini that I think is... Um, you know, then he talks about it too. Just uh, George Romero allowed him an enormous amount of freedom to do a lot of the things that that he wanted to do, and I think even with the you know they they weren't always you know especially early on they weren't working with the most like expansive budgets. So not only was he doing these things, but he was doing these things on a shoestring a lot of the time. So it had to be creative, and there is a campiness to some of the effects, and that is true. But he definitely made his mark in terms of, I think, you know, leaving these very specific um, kind of visions, like terrified visions for everybody to see. Uh, so this was kind of a fun list to look through. Yeah. Um, it had some like specific call outs to 
three specific deaths in Day of the Dead, which I thought were quite good. I, I barely even remembered the shovel decapitation one, but um, mm. it's it's a list that was that was written with some attention to detail, which I do appreciate. Yep. Uh, we've got we've got a little bit we don't tend to do I mean usually when we're recapping or talking about an episode we will speculate about what's coming next we tend not to do that between seasons or spinoffs in this case but there was an article from Screen Rant this week um, speculating about how Daryl Dixon is going to get into get to France um, if at, at, in the end of the last episode of the Prime show Maggie sort of gives him verbally i guess this mission uh so that he'll ride off into those oversaturated lavender fields at the end mm -hmm. uh to go and find out what's going on with these darn tootin smart zombies that are climbing the walls i so, don't know Stuart. i think he's just gonna ride his bike across the ocean don't you <laughs> yeah maybe he'll just mod it and put some skis on there and uh, make it a Great. make it a ski do yeah, I, I hope that they don't just kind of hand wave the ocean crossing. I feel like that's that's got to be significant. Uh, on, to me, on... that would be a really a really cool piece, right? The the getting across the ocean in this world. Yeah. Although they've used enough. I mean, what I suspect is that I mean, this is I don't want to say it's cheating, whatever, but they've used enough like helicopters and things that require a lot of fuel. That mm -hmm. I could see it being like some kind of a secret plane scenario, right? Um, where so he having had... having flown in an aircraft that could not get across the Atlantic in one hop, I'm still going to go ahead and say it would be really challenging. Yes, it would. But uh, that, yeah, but that's and that was a, part... that was a C-130 that needed to stop either in Iceland or the Azores, like that, or or get aerial refueled. It that's not a small aircraft. Like this is a big plane, and it just did not have the legs. And landing in those two places is not easy. I'm just saying that that's what I I think they're going to hope that people don't realize that. And yeah, they probably yeah, you're right. I'm I'm being too realistic. Because in ocean, because in ocean crossing, I don't know. It just seems like they wouldn't. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And that, but I feel like they're going to get more into the action if they do end end up over there. And some of the speculation. And by the way, we're just sitting here tooling around talking about this because there really isn't that much in this article so i don't want to be uh well, the, the, anybody there's yeah. no, there's nothing here that we haven't already kind of thought about or heard about at this point but basically yeah. you know they've la laid a few breadcrumbs out there about like the french scientific team the fast zombies all that jazz so i mean i I feel like he is going to end up over there in like early on and they're going to try to I don't know that they're going to spend a ton of time doing the lead in maybe like a few episodes, but it feels like most of the action would probably take place in Paris or in. Depends how long the season France. is too. Yeah. Um, you know, 16 episodes was, was it 16 was the standard for the prime show. The spinoffs right. have not been as consistent with that. I don't remember how long the world beyond ones were, maybe 10. The, mm. uh, the anthology show was what? Six. Yeah. So we'll see how they how much they feel like spending on Daryl Dixon. I yeah, think it's going to take him one episode at least to figure out that he needs to go yeah. to France and maybe start going to France. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, he'll, I just think yeah, you know, it'll, they're going to just want to get him there. there. They're going to want to get him there as quickly as possible because the whole thing is to get him in a different place. Um, yeah, and all of and the I promotional art, the photos have been. It looks like European. Like there isn't a lot of attention being paid to, oh, I've got to go to Ohio to find Team Primrose, right? Uh, who were name dropped at the end in the after credit scene of The World Beyond, right? So TBD, but looking forward to seeing that. Um, in, in... Do we have a, a estimated time that that show is going to air? They gave sort of at the end of the season, the big finale. They gave that that whole trailer, and it gave. Um, kind of estimates um so i but i don't recall when this one is so hang on let me look it up yeah i'm not seeing you a date edit. when i first googled it but it's one of four spinoffs they say 2023 likely the second half of the year so yeah, they're being dead cities coming in april is what i'm seeing so that'll yeah. precede it um and then daryl dixon and rick and michonne at the end of the year and fear yeah. the walking dead who cares yeah. Yeah. So, so 
Ah, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, mm. And to talk about a show or a movie rather that we're not excited about, or at least based upon this trailer, doesn't seem all that exciting. There was a Korean zombie film that was released in 2023. Uh, in Korea, in South Korea. Sorry, but... 2022, but in 2023, they're going to release it in the U.S., I guess. Uh, and it's called Gangnam Zombie. Um, at least with this trailer, there doesn't seem to be a lot of anything with it, just a lot of kicking heads and teeth and things like that. Um, I don't know what you think, Stuart. It, it, maybe we'll check it out. Maybe there's a better trailer of it to get a better sense of this. But at least based upon this, this does not look too exciting to me. No, the the trailer really focuses only on like one or two sets, which mm -hmm. makes the film feel... Uh, or maybe they're only really focusing on a couple of scenes early on in the film. But I think you do want to show that this movie is going to take place in a few different locations. But that like very white building that they're in for almost the whole trailer is just like, oh, well, there's not a whole lot to look at here. Uh, so that to me was the main detractor. And the fact that it was a bunch of like pithy one liners. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part is <laughs> the other part is that I heard nothing about this until this little thing started coming out. So my guess is, is that they've been looking to shop it around and hoping to get a U.S. release and they got it. So yeah. maybe they weren't quite prepped for it with the trailer, but um, so maybe we'll give it another chance if we see a better, a better sort of synopsis. But, um, but that is coming out. I'm sure there will be others. It's been actually, again, a bit of dry news cycle uh, over the holidays, but hopefully more stuff will come back. And actually, that's usually what happens because in January, a ton of stuff gets released typically straight to streaming services. Mm -hmm. um, so I bet there will be more of these kinds of projects that we might see new things happening. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm Googling right now uh, Army of the Dead that that sequel or the animated version needs to be coming somewhat soonish. Yep. So uh, hopefully we'll hear some more about that early yeah. in 2023 also. But, but uh, moving on, should we should we Anne Rice it up in here? We should Anne Rice it up. Um, Speaking of and Anne Ricing it and the Immortal Universe, which is their like series overarching umbrella name, the mm -hmm. uh, Mayfair Witches, I believe, airs this week or next. I think so. I was actually going to mention that to you and see what you thought about it. Um, so maybe we should. I'm not ready to commit to reviewing that yet. Um, You're not I ready just... for to talk about ghost dildos or random uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, don't know. I think we... let's have a let's have a look at it. Let, let's see how it goes. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to chat about the final episode of season one of Interview with a Vampire. And it was renewed. Um, so I believe. Yes, we talked about that last so, week. So um, and I have some some thoughts about this. But uh, anyway, I think uh, let, let's jump into it. Totally. Uh, so this episode is called The Thing Lay Still. Um. And it's basically just a, uh, the telling of how they killed Lestat. And it starts with, um, is it Malloy asking Louis the question, can the immortal meet mortality? And then Louis, I believe, doesn't Louis like rattle off a list of ways? Um, yeah. Starvation, drink the blood of the dead, fire, decapitation are the four that I captured. I don't know if there were any others that you heard. Nope, that's pretty much it. I find um... starvation... But I don't know that I've ever heard of a vampire dying of starvation in that universe. No, and they don't die. They just become kind of dormant. Yeah. So that's like the whole thing is that sometimes they go to ground and they just kind of chill out for a while and they like hang out in the dirt. So that was kind of weird that he said that. Um, but I think there was also uh, there was something in that universe like a punishment would be to like trap one and so that they would go kind of crazy yeah so maybe that's what he's talking about um yeah wouldn't they put him in like an iron maiden or something yeah along those lines yeah. yeah um that kind of a thing um but anyway um there you know this is the the episode where you know claudia has been plotting and she wants to to kill a stat and so uh, this is just 
the sort of how this all plays out. Um, yeah, and they set the and, stage here pretty well with uh, just showing how badly things are going for Louis and Claudia again. Lestat, despite everything that happened, you know, in the last episode with him feeling or two episodes ago with him, like pleading for them to come back or Louis really to come back. They have to all sleep in the same room. They all have to go hunting together. It feels like there's very little agency for Louis, let alone Claudia. Right. And there's obviously the tension and fear um, and manipulation there because of the way Lestat brought Claudia back. Um, And I will say, even in this, it was sort of sticking with me like... it doesn't I don't know that they stuck the landing on this in terms of why he wants Claudia there um again ostensibly it's because he knows Louis is suffering and uh is in a bad way and and wants her there to keep Louis happy and he doesn't know how to but I don't know it doesn't totally to me it doesn't totally wash um or connect in that way but that's sort of where they where they are um and so um yeah we kind of open with this scene of uh Lestat is draining out an encyclopedia salesman on their dining room table I feel like Lestat is making some weird choices and being very risk uh not risk averse whatever the opposite of that is risky he is exhibiting risky behavior because not only do they kill this uh encyclopedia salesman who's probably knocked on a bunch of doors on the street maybe they just figure door-to-door salesman nobody misses them but I can't think that that's true uh, then they right. kill the next guy who comes to their door, like without right. without really an issue. I mean, they it, they kind of set it up like they are treating people who come to their door as if it's a conspiracy to reveal them or un- unveil them, right? Right, and yet they are just killing them, which doesn't make any sense, right? And that doesn't fly with what Lestat was saying to Claudia several episodes ago. It's like you don't kill in our neighborhood; like you have to go further afield. Right. Uh, and this guy even says, I'm your neighbor. <laughs> I think yeah. you guys are awesome. Please tell me the secret to everlasting life. Because, you know, and he's turns out he's dying and he's weirdly religious and strange and all sorts of things. And um, and then they do make a point because Lestat says he's got cancer of the blood or whatever it was so that like he can certainly taste things like about victims and there's so they make that a point again in this which you know i'm glad you heard that because i did not hear what that line was i saw him spit it out and i'm like what did he say something can't just say can't something the blood so uh nice uh yeah i was wondering why he had spit spit out the blood but that makes sense i kind of thought that this was gonna poison him but no he's he's too wily for that yeah uh claudia then tells louis that he's gonna have to give himself over to lestat uh entirely this is kind of where they set up the fact that she's the ringmaster here. She has seen five moves ahead, like she was said she was going to when they were playing chess uh, in the last episode. So she's going to keep Louis in the dark, and he's going to trust her and try not to fall too deeply in love with Lestat, but that doesn't seem to be something he can do. Yep. Um, I thought that was an interesting scene. Uh, there, I think that was when they're all in the streetcar. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Antoinette is on that streetcar too. I didn't uh, go back to watch to see if I could see her, but there she was in the um, in the showrunner after show segment. I don't know if you've been watching those. No, not really. <laughs> um, still, yeah, it's not as for some reason it's not as good as Angela King well, ones. With they the kind of like the after I watched the first couple and then it, it didn't to me. Uh, you know, I'll admit to you, I kind of wanted an Angela Kane insight <laughs> into things, and that's yeah. not what they usually do. Yeah. Um, so I, I I did what actually I did watch this one um so you know and I was disappointed. There um, is there is a line uh shortly after the streetcar scene I my notes just say uh so he was talking about Greece um I forget why they were talking about Greece do you remember why Oh I don't remember but then he goes and he throws in a line and this was honestly one of the most ham-handed things to do but he throws in that the those that must be kept are there or something like that. Which but they're in like, Egypt, right? Aren't they in Egypt? Yeah, in Egypt? Uh, no, no. I don't think they're kept in Egypt. They were taken from Egypt. Oh, okay. Um, that's where they were originally. But yes, uh, by the uh, main, the keeper of them keeps them in in 
Greece, I think, um, okay, or something so like that. that. I don't know if it's canonical. Greece. I don't think it's, it may not be Greece. It may be in the Mediterranean somewhere. I don't recall. But anyway. Um, I, I mean, I still perked up and thought it was cool, but I, I agree it is a little ham-fisted that he's just like, oh, and those who must be kept. Never mind. Moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> uh, he He is always keeping information back, right? But I forget why they were talking about Greece. Um, uh, maybe it doesn't matter. Is it because they're been... planning their trip overseas? Yeah, maybe they were talking about going there. Um, they're trying to, but of course, Lestat only wants to go to Argentina. Right. Um, which, yeah, maybe that would be a good place to go. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you can probably get to it a little bit more easily. Um, but anyway, they they are plotting this this whole elaborate thing. I, you know, part of this makes sort of sense again some of it doesn't um i guess this is their elaborate plot to sort of have lestat go out both you know they make it like they're gonna go out in a blaze of glory but again it's sort of against every single instinct or lesson that they've been taught at this point um number one don't get involved in the human affairs and things like that and yeah, so they go they go so buck wild and, lestat is yeah like, and, and he's he's just drinking it up and you know they kind of float this idea and it just seems to be like to me a little bit just given everything that we've learned not necessarily something that makes sense especially given how much sort of um interest and attention they're getting and you know like yes this world is a little bit different than the one obviously we live in now um where hopefully they could disappear but maybe this is the point is that they feel all powerful and and like this isn't that big of a deal but it it does seem to me like it's not just human attention they're trying to avoid i mean we've now heard about you know the terrible vampire that Claudia ran into. Um, we know that they can hear their thoughts. Um, and then at the end of this, we see that that's true, but in a specific way. And I, it seems to me like doing something this crazy would draw a lot of attention that they don't want, but that doesn't seem to matter to them at the time. Um, yeah, and so- maybe because they're just going to beat feet afterwards and they're just like, yeah, don't worry about it. But they've yeah. they've made such a name for themselves already. That's why like this party works in a way is because they know that there are so many people who want to know their secret, right? Um, because um, when they go to, uh, well, first they go to the movies and and they do something else that's kind of high profile. They're talking over the newsreel, where in the newsreel they're saying, uh, you know, National Socialism has been what's what's happening in Germany for like five years. So that puts them, I think, at nineteen forty four ish, give or take. Yep. Uh, so, and they, and then the guy keeps shushing them and Lestat finally just makes him punch himself for, I don't know, hours, yeah. <laughs> a while, uh, which is another po- power. I mean, we knew he could hypnotize, but he does that so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of creepy. And then they go to Anderson's office. The, I don't know if he's a congressman now. He's still got a fancy office. He has aged. They uh, haven't spoken in 17 years, mm-hmm. he says, and he's he's no longer even like pretending to be friendly with with them at this point. He's just kind of like, tell me what you've got um, and I'm not going to help you. Um, I mean, they haven't talked in 17 years, I guess that's kind of that's fine. He can he can be that way. Uh, and it turns out that he's making coffins and shipping them to Europe. So he's he's in a pretty sleazy business. True, but, but you know, they win him over by their money and influence, as always. So yeah. his very weak protests don't last long. Um, and then there is the, I mean, his commentary and his comments are such that you know that... <laughs> things are not probably going to go well for him um mainly because he's marked and he even talks out loud about the fact that they haven't aged and that there's something very wrong with them and but yet he's like okay that's fine um and i mean even what they're asking him to do which is like they want to be in the sort of spotlight on the mardi gras parade float and they want 
Lestat. One month before the parade yeah. begins. Yeah. And they want Lestat to be the Raj, which is like the king of the parade and all this other stuff. And, you know, he's like, oh, it's impossible. And then they give him like what they're going to do. He's like, okay, maybe it's possible. They give him, <laughs> a, so, they give him a boat. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I guess that's that's enough. Um, which kind of raises the question of whether or not they couldn't have been doing that this whole time when every right. time, you know, we've talked about this before. It was mostly bit that Lestat had no interest in helping Louis right. out with his business ventures. So when, when he got frozen out, they could have reversed this. They could have single-handedly made New Orleans like a uh, integrated city <laughs> um, and undone Jim Crow and all this stuff. But no, that wasn't Lestat's interest. Well, and I mean, I think that part of the the point of all of this is that if they get Lestat sort of to buy into this pageantry idea, which he loves, mm -hmm. uh, suddenly he'll just go full throttle. And that's essentially what they've done. And they've done it so successfully that they and, you know, I think in, in a sense, Louis is buying in because he is falling in love with Lestat again per Claudia's instructions um, <laughs> because he can't lie and he has a very hard time doing that. So it is a weird like tension there um, because while they are plotting his downfall, I would also say that it's true that they are very much enjoying this sort of subterfuge with the, with the population that they're enjoying this little vignette that they're creating to go out in such a blaze of glory. Um, yeah. So, and Claudia and Lestat are very much alike. So they are very much enjoying toying with these humans, toying with this crazy, the fact that they could do this thing with the Mardi Gras parade, they are absolutely um, it, like reveling in it. Um, and so this is, I think, just such an interesting way um, when they go out, they go out big, I suppose. They did go so. out big. One other risky piece of risky behavior they do before even they get this far, when they're even having the idea about the Mardi Gras parade, they're all mm -hmm. standing on the balcony of their townhouse in like, the. I don't know if they're in the French Quarter or where they are, but, uh, and they see a drunk woman walking down the street and Claudia just jumps off the balcony and lands in the street. Yep. There are people everywhere like they are just they don't even care she yep. jumps down like 20 feet and just starts walking and it's not very dark no it's very um, bright with uh like lights everywhere and yeah it's crazy um she so uh, flashing forward again uh, malloy has also seen rashid taking a phone call in direct sunlight and he's giving mm -hmm. Rashid. this episode is full of him giving rashid like second glances uh, which is, you know, since his dream or remembered dream memory thing that he had at the end of the last episode. He's like, uh... <laughs> so he's watching Rashid take a phone call in the sunlight in Dubai. Right. And he's like, oh, OK. Um, but he still doesn't it doesn't look like he's convinced. Um, Claudia is going to a pharmacy and just saying, I want laudanum and arsenic. And she's getting it from the pharmacist maybe it's easier to get it when you look like you're 14 yeah maybe i don't know uh but yeah but like i want opium and rat poison yeah <laughs> just no can you imagine and just uh, a kid walking in to get it and you know try um, that at cvs next time yeah um and again i mean the things this this whole scene and i feel like they go all out in terms of like and this was the thing about the Anne Rice books that I I think they have captured so well is just how beautiful New Orleans is. Mm. And they've really captured sort of the raucousness of Mardi Gras here. And the um, it's it's a really this is a beautiful episode, the way they shoot it as dark as it is. <laughs> um, all the New Orleans scenes are really just incredible. Um, and then the party scenes themselves, like I just think it 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 keeps going sort of taking this up another notch in terms of how ridiculous they are going to get and like how open they are. Um, mm -hmm. But I even like, they even go too far, but it's not because of vampirism. Right. Right. It's like, wow. Um, Although the fake baby uh, yeah. on the float was yes. very insane. Uh, yeah. And that they, that's just like, without any fanfare, they're just like, 
and here we are at the judging at the judge's mm-hmm. balcony and i'm gonna eat a baby says listat and like blood streamers go everywhere mm-hmm. uh and they then they hold up this fake baby like it's a giant joke and i was like wow yeah. i don't know man that's pretty insane by yeah. any standard yeah and i mean you know obviously certain people are are really disgusted by it and you see the people from the committee kind of like going oh my gosh and turning away and being like what have we done <laughs> so but a few of them still show up at the after but party. they still show up because they think well, not that the after party it's well, i guess there's like two after parties right there's the yeah, after party yeah. and then the after after and the party. after after party right um so um and basically their whole plot is to have this this big huge party and then they have a specific number of people that they're going to target. Um, basically, anybody who they think might be interested in eternal life. Um, and they're going to play with them, basically. And so they're, you know, kind of marking their victims, basically, f- through this process. And um, really, I mean, this is just completely toying with the humans, basically, just bringing them into their lair to have this one big last crazy thing and then a uh, crazy feast as they put it. Uh, and then the, the other idea that they had was that they didn't eat for a few days before this. So they're all really starving. And um, that is actually a huge piece of this is because their judgment, the judgment of all of them, I would say is kind of off. Right. Yeah. I, I don't um, understand. I mean, I, I get that there was a lot of control by Lestat, but to, to prevent them from maybe getting out and eating so that they wouldn't lose so much of their judgment. Right. But, but I don't Luke, think I would have done that if I were them. No, like find a way. Right. Cause a, they're like, yeah. Eat, eat some rats or something ahead of time with something. Um, but they go you like know. delirious. I mean, it's been, I think they said they were going to try and fast for three days. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's all it takes to like get kind of insane. <laughs> like they're just giddy and right. uh and kind of kind of crazy um right. so at the party you hear antoinette's voice in the whispering gallery but then anderson shows up and and also whispers to louis um mm-hmm. and it, for a split second i was like is he a vampire too but no yeah. and then he then he explains what's going on uh and says some really nasty stuff uh i think he i forget he has like he calls him satanic pedophile something yep um and then louis like would you like to come to the after after party and he's like yeah (laughs) yeah that guy needed to needed to go he was kind of a jerk yeah Um, and 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 claudia also introduces the twins and the twins are from the books but i think they were children in the books weren't weren't they like little kids they were i don't know if they were little kids or teenagers or something um, but basically they bring them their victims all to the after after party and they make up some ridiculous thing about them being like sorcerers or Lestat's like a sorcerer or something like that. Um, and then, you know, Lestat basically is like, I discovered the elixir of life and they absolutely reveal how old each of they each of like how old they are and, um, you know, just then go to town um and th- this is like but prior to this um is a, a very interesting scene more so because of all the other stuff going on in the, during this party um but apparently everybody's scandalized because louis and lestat are dancing together and making out so yeah, well um, they, which... they kiss once but i think that's that one kiss and it's the dancing together that certainly right. has everybody looking at them and then they have a kiss and that is like whoa that kind of ends the party i think yeah but uh, i don't claudia know slaps or bites louis um i know you like snap out of it right but also right. he's just doing what he what she told him to do right? right um but i guess part of me is is a little bit i don't know skeptical that this would cause such a huge uproar there in new orleans but um oh, man. Maybe Ron, and maybe in this particular maybe in this particular part of society it would have caused this thing but um i don't know that it would have uh only because they've been i mean it's not exactly like they've hidden um this specific aspect but i guess but they're trying to make a point that this was what scandalized people more so than them being vampires to some extent um or their everlasting life or the fact that they don't age um yeah. but then we 
then we jump right into the the big uh the big scene and it is i mean the effects here are great the terror that the people feel i mean they really are um predators just well, I, kind I like of- the preamble that that Lestat i mean <laughs> it's kind of funny cuz he goes into this like story about buying a book that has yeah. the secret uh, mm-hmm. And then all three of them introduce themselves again and say their yeah. age. Uh, I for, I think um, Claudia is like 30 something mm-hmm. or maybe more. Louis is 61. Lestat is 180. Uh, and I took I took of the waters in, you know, whatever year. And I thought that was a really cool way to. Uh, and, you, you know, you elicit those gasps from the people who are like, oh, now we're going to get in on this. Uh, the story, less that story goes on too long, and Anderson is like, "Give me that," uh, revealing the empty bowl, um, and less that can't stop himself and just like dives over the table. But yeah, then the the there aren't that many of them. I feel like Louis doesn't eat anybody. Mm-mm. Doesn't feel like he does, because um, Claudia gets a bunch of people, including the big guy. Oh, who got the the chief of police? Was it Louis? I think that was Louis. Yeah, I think that was Louis. So it's it's not that many people, but uh, I agree. It was fun. Uh, I like the the mostly the costuming. I love the blood smears on uh, Claudia's blouse or whatever she's wearing. They're all in like their undergarments, so that they I think so that they can just change to their good clothes and leave the house right afterwards. Is, right, right. Is kind of what they're doing. Uh, but the I, I just thought that the um, makeup or the effects on their clothes looked really good because they were very consistent. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the big <clears throat> and then the big reveal is that obviously Antoinette is not dead. She's there. She's a vampire, and Claudia is very uh, taunting of Lestat, basically saying, you know you should have let my train go and this is sort of what you're reaping you're you're reaping what you sowed here and he's like there's like a double double cross because like you know obviously both she and louis were aware of antoinette and so i don't know that louis was aware of antoinette claudia was well i think has just been head over heels like doing what he was told falling back in love with Lestat, getting really into everything but also in the back of his head knowing that they were planning to kill him but they heard you know, they were outside the room with uh, Lestat and Antoinette. But she was not a vampire in that scene. Her... Oh, I thought she was, though. No, not. not yet. Um, but in any case, they, you know, there's like a double, double cross. So first of all, Antoinette's there and, you know, taunting them by repeating all the things she's been listening in on in terms of the things that Claudia has been saying. This is and also thought... a, a departure from the book because he doesn't drink the twins. Uh, that's no. He, drinking the twin is what kills him in the other right. versions of the yeah. story that we're familiar yeah. with. In this one, they they twist it because uh, she has not only poisoned one of the twins, she has poisoned Anderson. Anderson and that's yeah. what takes down Lestat. Um, it, it was a little disappointing to me that Antoinette, who is more recently turned than Claudia, is so easily able to overpower Claudia, right. but it doesn't last. Um, right. So I'm glad that it didn't yeah, I just I don't know. I don't understand the like physical power because she was a child when she was turned, maybe. But I feel like she well, should be more powerful. In the, in the books, it's actually when however long it takes between you know when you made your last. If they're following the the canon, um, Lestat has made several people before he made Louis, which is why Louis is actually so weak, and Claudia shortly thereafter. So um, I don't know what they're doing here, but you know I don't think enough time has passed for Antoinette to be this strong but maybe it's just because she's an adult versus versus a child vampire but um yeah in any case uh this this goes it's pretty you know despite all the the terrible things and I mean I think this is just how manipulative and they walk this line of tension pretty well when they're taking out Lestat it's pretty it's pretty rough um you know because they're slaying his throat like he's bleeding out he's still Louis is clearly upset about it um they're not upset about Antoinette, obviously. No. Um, and they take care of her pretty thoroughly, but they definitely don't take care of Lestat. So um, I do think that that's interesting and a good point when... Um, when Malloy's giving him a really hard time yeah. about it in Dubai. Like, you just put him in a rug and then put him mm-hmm. in a trunk that went out to the dump? Uh, yeah. That, I feel like, well, in the film with uh, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, he ends up in the old house, I think. 
somehow he just he like scuttles around like a crab inside the old house until I don't know it was at some point in the in the 80s or 70s he like goes back outside Lestat uh, in this case at, well in the in the books they basically do all this and then they dump him in the swamp in the swamp right yeah and he he comes back eating like uh fish and eels and stuff like that um yeah. but in this case you know Daniel Malloy is like oh there's rats at the dump which I mean this this whole speech it's like yeah, of course <laughs> like, okay yeah, it's it's um, a little bit to Hercule Poirot for yeah, uh, totally, totally, point. and he did it. Um, and so as he's like yelling at Louis, uh, also I thought the effects of Lestat being dead were pretty good. Like he looked pretty dead, didn't he? he did. His eyes rolled up. Uh, they kind of just bug out and and get in their uh, get on their boat with the coffins, heading to Europe. Uh, but as as Lou as Malloy is yelling at Louis. Uh, Louis keeps telling Rashid to be quiet. Rashid keeps trying to interject. And then in mm -hmm. the background, you see him start taking off his gloves and his contacts. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, is for, in my notes, I have it written here. It's like, is Rashid Lestat? He's floating. And maybe yep. you're supposed to think that. I don't know. Did you have a moment of that? Um, I w didn't think he was Lestat, but I was like, who is he supposed to be? Um, because I'll admit, like, there was, you know, but we'll talk about this, uh, you know, um, in a, in a minute. But you know, there, there, he didn't match what I thought would be this particular vampire. Well, just, um, we're there. I feel like there's not much else to right, talk about. So, so the big reveal is that he's the vampire Armand, who plays a huge piece, uh, a huge part in this series. Um, and you know, they did this actually in. The films as well because it was uh, Antonio Banderas, uh, Banderas who plays Armand, and Armand is supposed to have like auburn hair. He's supposed to look like a like a Caravaggio painting, um, and I don't mind. You know, I think it's fine that they cast him in this way, um, which is a little different. And I feel like they're trying to blend two of the vampires because they're because actually the vampire that makes him is like a Middle Eastern. Uh, vampire like from the Middle East I think um, Mar so maybe, Marius makes uh, Armand yeah. who is yeah. I think a Roman is he a Roman okay so um, but in any case like I didn't immediately think that this was Armand no but I wasn't sure who they were trying to kind of place in this role I was like are they taking a new twist so when he reveals himself to be that it was like oh okay this makes a lot more sense because he's a lot older Um and so I and they're definitely setting up the second season because this is like a huge reveal. And um, I think they're going to go they're blending a lot of the stories of the books a little earlier and in a different way than obviously um, in this series than they did in the books. Um, but I think they kind of have to to some extent. Um, otherwise, I think it's kind of hard to tie all the storylines together because some of them are very separate. Um, so um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And, you know, he says things like, oh, older vampires can go in the sun and all that. Um, I don't recall that Armand was old enough for that to be the case. Well, he says um, he's also 500 years old. Also, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure that 500 would be enough. Um, yeah, I think they have to be like really old. And it isn't that the sun necessarily doesn't hurt them. Um, it kind of hurts them, but not like as much. Their skin so, is like thicker or something at that point. Yeah, there. and they still get a little burned, but they're not. It's not necessarily injury proof. But I guess in this in this particular series, they're they're kind of taking a different a different tack. But um, but Armand is you know he like Louis describes him as the love of his life, and that is definitely true for some time in the books. Um, but I guess we'll see more of this backstory in the next, in the next season, which is exciting. So I don't know. What did you think about it? Did you think like, I was, I just was like, I don't know who, the, where they're going with this. Um, I, yeah. I actually thought it might be Marius, which they were going to bring. I was like, what? That would be really crazy because of the sun thing. Cause Marius was able to go in the sun cause he was so ancient. Cause but, he's like 2000 years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, I, don't have a lot uh, wrapped up in what I think Armand should be since he was played in the Brad Pitt movie by who's that Spanish actor? Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Uh, like, and he's supposed to be a teenage boy uh, is yeah. like his look. 
which is also kind of funny when they're like, oh, Claudia was too young to be made a vampire, you, you rascals. Um, and they've aged him up for the for that film. So, yes, between the books and that film and this show, obviously Armand is all over the place. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, like I, I don't have a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing great. And I yeah. think we both agreed that like they made Rashid into the secretary and then transitioned uh, over the course of the season to make him a very curious character and finally oh he's freaking armand like that's a that's a huge yeah. deal uh he's also handing malloy um books full of flyers to the theater of vampires which was the coven's name the coven's name in paris right in the yep. catacombs yeah um so and it was his coven. I mean, yeah. He <laughs> like, so we're going to find out what happens to Louis and Claudia in Paris. It's the next chapter of this story next season. And I'm very excited to find out what it is. Um, and so I'm fine with Rashid Armand being who they are. I I guess I would rather he wasn't able to stand in the sunlight. I think that. Yeah, that was the that, only part. I, I think, you know, I, I'm totally on board with all the changes that they've made in terms of the series and things like that. And I think that this actor does a great job um, in in general of I don't of faking his insignificance, I guess, to the audience. Into and this slow reveal was very cool, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and I am curious. I'm just curious to see where they go with the backstory in Paris and how all this plays out. Um, there is at least in the books a lot of sub like Armand. And I'm sure that they're gonna probably deal with some of this in the next uh, in the next uh, season. But Armand has a lot of control over Louis, but some of the control he has is by um, lies of omission. And so at this point, they've been together a pretty long time, and so, as we've seen with like the flashbacks and with Daniel Malloy. So I mean, um, I'm curious only- to see. 50 years at most maybe maybe but still, a lot I mean if they're if we're talking about you know the so so it's just I'm curious to see where we where we end up with this and where they take this story so um the uh, the, the lines by Rashid about you're witnessing a suicide mm-hmm. um I, I don't remember what episode that was even in but I thought that those were interesting and more interesting coming from Armand like he clearly thinks that this interview is a bad idea well, and apparently the last one too, but then it's like, well, then why wouldn't he let Louis kill Daniel? I guess that's the question. Cause he says, Oh, I saved you once. I'm not going to save you again. But the act um, of publishing this interview and Lestat's subsequent biography, these actually like in the vampire, I don't want to call it a society, but among this, their kind, these acts, well, they're not only big no-nos, but they really change everything mm-hmm. like going forward. So right. uh, I think it is worth if Armand is aware of it. You know, nothing's been published yet. It's 2022. Right. Of course, he'll be like, no, <laughs> this is yep. a bad idea. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's fantastic season of a show. I'm I'm looking forward to World War Two Europe with vampires. What? Like, that's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. really interesting. And so I can't speak highly enough about it. I hope I hope more people watch it because based on the numbers, I mean, Wikipedia doesn't, I don't know how they get numbers for um, streaming shows. Uh, but I've watched these exclusively on um, on Amazon Prime. Me too. And I don't think those numbers get published through Nielsen or places like that. I'm not sure. So hopefully they are getting the numbers that they need to um, continue. Keep going, because I think they have a lot of ground to cover. They sure do. Um, but they also are, I mean, they're combining a lot of the stories. So maybe maybe we'll get a, a lot further in the next season. So we'll have to have to see about that. Um, I think anyway, one I, of the things I, that helped with this season was there was a lot of continuity in terms of the hand on the tiller, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, there are a lot of different names who are under writer. Uh, and there were a few different directors, but honestly, like only five or six different directors. No, maybe even fewer, four. But it, it felt like there was a consistency, right, in the storytelling sure. for the most part. But I think that's what you can do if it's a season like this. And hopefully they'll decide to do the same in terms of continuity with the next season. 
and agree. I think they knew exactly where they were going and they made very specific decisions in terms of how to to basically modernize this whole story. And I think they did it in a really good way. And, you know, the changes were there. Um, you know, I do think just in, I don't really have a gripe about anything I saw in this season other than um, I think changing a little bit of the mythology um like I'm not sure where they're going with it or why I guess with the Armand piece and him being able to be in the sun they did that so that the audience was a little bit fooled about who he might be or what he might be um but um you know overall I I really think that they did an incredible job with this and I liked um the changing of the timeline and all that fun stuff and I think it will make for a more interesting second season um because so much so much of the story just even in terms of the the coven in Paris and things like that. Um, a lot of it depends upon the fact that uh, Louis and Claudia don't know anything and have never really encountered other um, mm-hmm. other vampires like them. And in this case, they've already sort of revealed that there's other people out there. So, um, so I'm curious to see what they where they go with the story. But hopefully, they they do the same beautiful job that they did with the first season. I agree. Fantastic stuff. So what do you want to talk about next time? Well, we have a little bit of a gap here before Last of Us will be available to review. So, well, I think we will go visit some films that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Um, we might also catch try to catch an episode of The Mayfair Witches. We'll see what happens. Hmm. That, but, one, um, that one, I think we need to reserve judgment until we see an episode. Yeah. <laughs> we need to watch it a little bit. I mean, that's kind of how I approached the interview. I watched the yeah, episode. Right. I told you how good I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, and here we are. We've talked about it and loved the whole thing. So, yeah. Right, right. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe the <laughs> Mayfair Witches will be the same. I don't know. I, I remember really loving that first book, though. So you know, the first um, book was OK, but a lot. I don't know. It's just very it's like over the top gothic um, themes, which, you know, it's fine but we'll have to i i I worry i worry but maybe maybe the series will will be as great as the the interview with the vampire season so anyway but we'll have to see instead what we're going to do next week uh is go to 2011 and talk about juan of the dead yes a cuban Uh, zombie film with a bit of a tongue-in-cheek name yeah and we've never um We've talked about reviewing this one for a while. And we have not, so I guess uh, it is time to do that. So Indeed. we will we will be uh, chatting about that next time, and hopefully there will be more news out uh, as well. Oh, so. Yeah, the dump of uh, of streaming news will just come, and so we'll talk about it all next time in early January 2023. Again, happy New Year! If you want to uh, have a listen to any of our previous episodes, those are all online at reanimated.podbean.com. And of course, you can let us know your thoughts about this season of Interview with the Vampire, Vampires in general, and Rice in general, Mayfair Witches, whether you think that that's a good show or was a good book, uh, at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. We'd look forward to hearing from you. Indeed. And until next time, ciao. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye.